Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge Podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Good afternoon. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the future of email marketing. And my guest today, coming from New York, if I'm not mistaken, Darren McGarrow, president and founder of DSM. I have to say, I looked at your record, one heck of a fast rising agency. Darren, welcome. Thank you very much, Matthew. It's uh, great to be here. Nice uh, connect and have a live conversation on Zoom. We do all this all, all yeah, day, right? <laughs> yeah, we actually. I got to represent though. We're we're not New York. We're we're Northern New Jersey. Northern New Jersey. Okay, thank you. Northern um, Jersey. You know, on this side of the Mississippi, on the west side of the Mississippi, we lump it all together. It's like that New Yorker magazine was, you know, New York, and then the, all good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh. that. Fill people in a bit on 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 DSM. I mean, you're the founder, um, the guy in charge, and you guys have been at this for a good long stretch. Uh, it was 14 years, uh, February 7th. Yeah. So literally uh, came from the Manhattan, the big agency world, um, yeah. to boil it down, you know, really simply. Uh, came, I got married in 05, um, decided that I didn't want to travel. I was working on Toyota at the time, so obviously the client's out in California. Mm. Um, was spending part of my time out there and yeah. just didn't want to do it. Came and decided to move to an agency here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Was there about six months. And as every ridiculously dumb entrepreneur decides, there's got to be a better <laughs> way to do it. Yeah. So uh, I bought my laptop and went to Ikea, bought a desk. And my wife and mother-in-law were down in Florida on vacation at the time. We didn't have kids. And uh it was a Friday night and I waited for them to call and my, I was like, Hey, I'm starting an agency. My wife was like, okay. Uh, like next year. And I was like, no, Monday. <laughs> That's a great story, honey. Hi, guess what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah there was a silence. They were out at dinner and, yeah. uh, there's like a 30 second silence. And I was like, I got it all figured out. And I was like, I had nothing figured out. Um, and <laughs> but the impulse was there. Yeah. The impulse was there, um, through, uh, you know, I call it serendipity just through, the, you know, my, my strengths is building relationships and, uh-huh. you know, and talking uh-huh. to people. And, um, you know, we hustled our way through the first year. Um, and by the second year we were, you know, grossing probably a half a million and it was just, Good you know, you. we, wow. we really specialize in like businesses that are, and it's evolved over time. I mean, we have some national clients now, but it really started as an agency to, um, the reason I rep New Jersey, I say I rep New Jersey mm-hmm. is because we're about 25 miles out of Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're kind of like New Jersey's like men, you know, like New York city's little stepchild. Right. Right. And so we really worked hard to, um, you know, the state, there's a lot of great agencies in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And over the last 14 years, we've worked hard to to build that up and, you know, through through relationships and the team and you know, our team is every 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 CEO is gonna or every you know president's gonna be biased to their team. But yeah, our team, you know, we're only a 15 person shop and oh wow. We're, we're really good at what we do. Yeah. And that's that's been the impetus for growth. 
Wow. Well, that's a, that's a good for you, right? I mean, went to you. went to IKEA, got the desk, and went for it. And um, was it just you at the start? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually it was funny because I had a buddy of mine who was a designer from the agency who was still working at the agency I came from, mm-hmm. and in his you know off hours at night, he would moonlight as my creative guy. Oh wow! And yeah. then about that was like March in October. I met our creative director, um, who's since moved on from the agency, but, um, but yeah, we were together for, you know, he came in October of 07 and, uh, we started in like a formal arrangement in January 08. And then we, through other people, I met our SVP of accounts through being on the board of an animal shelter. Um, you know, just that's how, that's how it came to be. We started building a name. Yeah, things and people pe- people attract people they're they're gonna that they should attract right kind of in the world. Um, this is an oddball question to ask, but and I'm thinking in, in terms of people who are who are listening who may go, hmm, what's an agency do? Like, paint that picture for someone, or what's yeah. your agency do? We're a full service agency, so mm-hmm. agencies can be. The thing I love about an agency is it could be anything you want it to be. Okay, um, it's it's a blank canvas. Um, what I will tell you is that a good agency, I think there's three pillars to a good agency and it has nothing to do with whether they're a creative agency or a digital marketing agency or a traditional agency or an SEO agency. Okay. An agency, if it's one person or it's 50 people, Mm -hmm. they should one, uh, be transparent with, with a client. So Mm -hmm. not have a problem with saying no. Uh, I think that a lot of agencies get into a lot of trouble because they don't have um, the confidence to say no uh, okay. to to a, a potential client or to a client that they're working with. They get steamrolled. <laughs> Two, they should make life easy for a client. Uh, the mm-hmm. whole purpose of a good agency is, you know, there, there's two ways to go about it. Either you're going to hire somebody internally mm-hmm. to run a department or you're going to hire an agency to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, an agency with regards to payroll taxes, all that stuff. Usually if you find a good agency, you know, a lot of our clients, we've been around for 14 years. Some of our clients have been with us for the full 14 years. Wow, nice. Um, it was literally like me hustling like friends and family in my hometown. <laughs> um, and I think like people felt sorry for me at the beginning. Like they're like, <laughs> yeah, we'll throw you a project or something. And then over time it built up and we provided value. And, yeah. and really that's the third thing. Yeah. A good agency should provide value. Yeah. Uh, no matter what they do, they should be um, transparent. They should be, you know, making your life easier and they should be providing value. Whatever service they do, they should do it well and they should, they should do it um, with honesty and integrity. It's good philosophy, honestly, good, good philosophy and good approach for for any business but uh mm-hmm. especially nice to hear it laid out for an agency like that i mean you you've got you've got to have you, you've got to know how to do some stuff that would be expensive to try and replicate in in the in-house department alternative right uh usually yes yeah um, usually yeah. yeah usually yeah i mean what we've found over time has been um I use the word a lot. It's an evolution, you know, uh, yeah. on the digital side, we started primarily, my background was in television. Mm-hmm. So I was a media buyer in television for accounts like Toyota. And, you know, this was, I graduated college in 2000. 
So my early years of this agency were primarily all traditional media, whether okay. it be radio, TV, you know, um, billboards, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever it was. About 2013-ish, uh-huh. um, I had a, another um, <laughs> a, 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 a guy I went to high school with came to us, was laid off from a job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, put together two decks for our clients and said, I think I could bring value. And that mm-hmm. was the bur- talk about serendipity. Hadn't seen the guy in like 12, 10, 12 years. Uh-huh. And um, I was like, all right. You know, he came in on a Thursday, brought the decks, you know, wasn't looking for an interview. He's looking to start his own agency. And I was like, you're not leaving the office till you sign a contract. <laughs> what? And God. He op- so he opened up. Sounds like he opened you up into new new forms of media as well. Yeah. So, and when he came on, he opened up the digital side of the agency. Okay. And from 2013 till now, that's been really the evolution. I mean, the digital side, it's probably 80 to 85% of our business now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, would think, I would think, you know, on the full service side, we still have a creative team in house. We still have a, an in house developer. Mm-hmm. We have account managers. We have, um, our SVP of accounts that runs the traditional side mm-hmm. with, you know, with my help when, when needed. Um, but we're really nimble. Um, yeah. we, we moved into a new office in 2017, um, with about 22 people and we've doubled the size of the business wow. and we're now 15 people. So we've learned to, it's a, it's a testament and credit to the two women that I have on an honor staff, um, mm-hmm. our CFO, uh, Charlene and our COO Zinka, mm-hmm. they came in and I think in learning from my mentor, the number one rule that he taught me, he had a 35 year career at Viacom mm-hmm. and he said, you need to know when to let go and to give things to people that are better than you. Yeah. They're more proficient at it. Yeah. And, um, Zinka came in and really streamlined the operations and Charlene came in and, you know, really took over the financials, took it off my plate and, mm-hmm. You know, here we are two ink five thousands later and you know, doubling the size of the company and we're just we're doing really great work yeah. with a really great team. Yeah. And we're efficient at doing it. Yeah. And, well, like, fifteen uh, to, to fifteen to tack you know, fifteen people to tackle that. And you mentioned the uh, Inc. Award, which I noted I think on your uh, LinkedIn profile. Like you gotta gotta be doing stuff right. Um, how do you how do you and maybe we can focus this on the last year, um mm-hmm. You, you've got the you've got the varying demands of clients in the marketplace that you're trying to help them in. Um, you've got a you know, world kind of turned upside down in the middle of a pandemic. You've got obviously talented people that you work with on the team. How do you, how do you how do you keep them reined back in and balanced out so that you keep that going for the long run? We've built it into the culture of the agency. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the folks at DSM are New York City expats. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'll give you an example. Our, our COO Zinka, she was working at Condé Nast prior to coming to DSM, mm-hmm. lives in suburban New Jersey, has two kids. And we've put at, at our core work-life balance. Cool. So we're not for everybody. You yeah. know, if you want to grind it out, you want to get a lot of young kids, they want to be in Manhattan. They, you know, and I, and I encourage them to do that. I encourage anybody young to get you know, experience at a big agency, it was, you know, phenomenal for me. Yeah. And it gave me, it sort of set the, the fundamental groundwork for what I need to do on a daily basis now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but we're we're an enclave for New York City expats. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah, that we and we put a value on work life balance. So nice, nice. That may and that may you know building that into the get go. Obviously, it's not like you can paste it on later. But um, I would think that that would have been an advantage in the middle of the you know in the middle of the turbulence of the last year. Like people kind of have their feet on the ground in the who are members of your team and at the company. Um, yeah. Has New Jersey seen the same? New Jersey, I would guess, hasn't been affected the way I've read about uh, like Manhattan being affected by people just saying, okay, pick up stakes. I can do this remote job from somewhere else. For us, it was easy, honestly. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I don't say that in a, um, in a disregarding kind of way. Um, mm-hmm. We live in the suburbs of New Jersey, so mm-hmm. it's been like the opposite for us. There's been an influx of you know, older folks selling their homes here that have been here for, you know, my friend's parents getting offers on their houses for ridiculous amounts of money because people just wanted out of Manhattan. And, you know, they, they picked up and went to South Carolina or Florida or wherever they went or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. For us, for us, the transition was seamless in that, you know, we have, we're, we're pretty close to the New York state border. So we have a few of folks in the agency who work in, you know, who live in New York state and, and, working in New Jersey. Okay. Um, transit, the hardest part of the transition for us was moving our designers, big Macs out of, out of the, you know, <laughs> yeah. at, at, like into their cars and, you know, we were up and running day two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it, it's, you know, everything has affected people differently. You know, we have young folks on our staff that are, you know, just moving into their first, condo or whatever that you know have boyfriends or girlfriends yeah all the way to folks like you know myself and some of the older folks in the agency that you know are married have mortgages have kids so everybody and and everything in between yeah yeah wow yeah it's and it's a span and and it's a little when you're when you're suddenly have to work you have to work out of this place the physical particulars of the place start to matter in a really different way you know, mm-hmm. work from home sounded glamorous, I think, for some folks. And then they went, oh, yeah, oh, I need a chair that doesn't stink. Yeah. You know, I, I really need the big monitors. If I'm a designer or developer, I cannot do the work on some yeah. squidgy little laptop screen and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think for us, like I said, Charlene and Zinke have done a really good job of it. And as some of the middle management folks, we've we've given them the opportunity to like, participate more in in the management process and seeing mm-hmm. that it's not like easy yeah but i i think for us a a big testament to why it's been pretty seamless is mm-hmm. we kind of met everybody where they were at okay you know whatever your situation was as long as you were getting your work done and you were being responsible and, right right you know, we're not the biggest staff. So it was a matter of trust. It's yeah. like trusting your kids with, yeah. you know, first time they're doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, it's a, I've always said hire for character you, you teach other stuff. You can't teach that. Right. You can't, just can't, can't right? teach the soft skills. Not, not, re- yeah, not really. And, and in a, in an era where whatever you're working on, you will be working on something different. You will have to learn skills within the next, you know, year, months, whatever. 
<laughs> you better bank on those soft skills and and then get the attitude of uh, well, I'll learn stuff new. I mean, you just mentioned taking an agency from um, you know the older forms of media into digital, and that's now the dominant piece of the business. So you you had to learn a bunch of stuff about that yourself, along with the team, obviously. Had to learn a lot about it, but I also trusted a big part of it was trusting the yeah. people that were were getting it up and running and mm -hmm. not like sticking my nose where it didn't belong. I, I think there's a very fine line uh, mm -hmm. for any yeah. leader that's going through it, you know, like yeah. be a part of it and know that you got your people's back, yeah. but also like stay the heck out of the way. You're not <laughs> wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. What, uh, you know, top line impressions, incredibly com complex subject, but having the, having the time, and work and background in traditional media and now spending more time on the, the digital side. What's, uh, what surprised you about it? And what do you, what, what do you find is very much the same in some fundamental ways? Um, the surprises in the digital world, just cause everything moves so quickly. Okay. I mean, every, every time you're, it, you know, our strategy director and the digital team, like they'll, you know, they'll want to test everything all the time. Right, um, right. New stuff, you know, you'll think like, hey, we just bought a piece of software like three weeks ago. They're like, but there's something else that, you know, <laughs> yeah. we want to test that. And yeah. so it's it's being flexible enough to give them the, you know, having them having the trust and the um, the means to be able to have the, you know, the, the best that they can in order to do their job. Yeah. I think that's important. The fundamental, you know, thing that sort of never changes again um i go back to what i was saying at the beginning is a transparency element mm -hmm. um you know we've been doing this for 14 years we've made mistakes sure. like own your mistake you know um and i think that's important and it's a reason why our clients have stayed with us like there's nothing worse than when you're having an experience is something, something goes wrong and somebody won't own up to it. Yeah. Like we all make mistakes. It's, yeah. you know, we're human beings, but own up to it, do better next time. And, you know, put forth the effort. I've never had a client that's gotten mad at us for owning up to a mistake and like saying, we're going to do better. They might, you know, the initial reaction might be upsetting or angry, mm -hmm. but once they process it and they're like, wow, these guys are owning it and they're, you know, they're willing to take it on the chin and they're willing to do better. Yeah. Um, that's where I think the rubber meets the road. Yeah. Well, it also that, you know, the strengths of that sort of relationship first values first uh, approach gives you, gives you latitude to, to make the mistakes without which learning is just impossible. Like, mm -hmm. you know, the first, first agency that, you know, making this up, right? First agency that said, you know, we can help you get uh, website visibility on search engines, which, you know, at one point was a novel proposition, right? Right, right? Probably made a ton of mistakes and didn't really know how to do it, but they, you know, knew that there was some value there and we'll figure it out for you or with you uh, mm -hmm. together as we get there. And yeah, you got to have some tolerance for that. I, I was talking with, uh, gosh, I can't remember what the conversation was, a bunch of email marketers on a on a Zoom call the other day, um, and and what, the questions I threw at them is like, how email folks, not necessarily agency folks, I'm sure they feel the same way, but email folks like big production shops, lots and lots of email. I said, you guys are always so busy working. You're like production demands are so incessant that I don't see a lot of I don't see as much appetite for experimentation in your field as I think you need. 
And they all kind of, well, yeah, you're right, right? It's kind of the nature of the beast. Like, we're, we're too busy. And I said, if you don't build that in, you know, if you don't build the latitude that we have to try stuff, we can't just keep repeating the same thing. Sooner or later, it's going to start to fizzle out, right? Can't, cannot, because the world moves on. It's like anything else, you know, yeah. like what, what we've learned and what we give, you know, the, the team, again, we don't have the largest digital marketing team, but, you know, we're a HubSpot partner. We give oh, them are the you? latitude. Okay. Yeah. We, you know, cool. to go to inbound virtually this yeah. year and, you know, that stuff is locked in. That's like a, it's like a given. Yeah. Like you guys need to be doing this stuff in order yeah. to not only learn what's going on in the, in the, in the world of digital marketing, but like, yeah. there's so many great speakers and, and a large part, I think of what gets missed. This is like my, my whole focus um, here is more of like a brand ambassador now. And yeah. it, it's for, for both DSM and for our clients. Mm-hmm. And getting out of like your comfort zone and 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 getting involved in things that you know at first you're like this doesn't really interest me mm-hmm. and you're like but you kind of need to know about it in order <laughs> to like stay up with with your staff and you know digital marketing for me like I'm not I'm by far the probably one of the least expert. Yeah you know, yeah. people at DSM, Okay, but the team that we have there, it's important that they're bought into what we're doing yeah. and to, you know, from the leadership, from the top down to get that empowerment, to like, want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. I, I just, I believe in that wholeheartedly. I'm seizing on the brand ambassador comments. Good, 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 uh, good moniker. Um, and let's intersect that with HubSpot. I want to, I want to see your thoughts about a particular area Marketing now gets itself involved with questions of of um, privacy and control in a way that I don't think it did in a more mass and broadcast era. And you end up making surprisingly ethics calls at times in marketing decisions. Any comments on that? Yeah. I mean, w- with regards to what we're doing, I mean, we joke that HubSpot, like I, I can tell with our marketing down to probably the within five minutes of when somebody's going to call us like a new lead. Right. Uh, which, which is scary. I yeah. mean, it's very big brother. Yeah. Um, but our, our agency and the world in digital marketing is driven by data yeah. and without having that data, we're not able to make our, uh, us and our, our clients are not able to make uh, educated guesses. It's yeah. completely turned the traditional landscape into um, something that, like I said, like just through landing pages with HubSpot and the back end, and you know all those, yeah. all those touch points that we have with somebody during yeah. the the sales process. Yeah, like I can see when they're going to call. I know who they are. It's actually right. connected me with people um, that have since moved away from my hometown. That like I've I've known. You know, I went to grade school with that <laughs> are now like reaching out for, uh-huh. for marketing. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the way the world's going. It's it big brother to say the least, uh, you know, but it that data helps educate our clients, it helps us and um you know, not in an unethical way. I would right. certainly never purport to, you know, have our clients reach out in unethical ways and things like that, but yeah. one of our mottos when we're building 
good content for search engine you know, optimization or, sure. or or just content in general for paid social or Google ads or whatever it may be. Uh-huh. Um, stop selling and start helping. Yeah, uh, I like that. If you if you build your content in a way that is helpful to your consumer, mm-hmm. not only is it going to be good for the consumer, which is going to build your brand authority with them, mm-hmm. but Google's going to love it because that's what they want. Yeah, yeah, and they'll see the the yeah. time on page and and uh, and signals like that. Yeah, it. I mean, we're instrumented up and and uh, spewing data in a way that I, I that I'm not sure any of us ever imagined, and yeah. uh, it's a lot to get your hands around, and it can be it can be scary for for people. Uh, I think for everybody, but I think for people who feel like they're you know feel like they're in less control, but don't really understand how it all works, mm-hmm. and at the same time, we're all opting in in you know some sense. You know, I, I I had a had a friend. Oh, I asked him about when this this the state we live in, Washington, um, introduced the opt-in uh, reporting in the early days of COVID, so that you know if I had been near someone, and it was a Google my at Google and Apple project. If I had been near someone and they turned up with positive infection, that I would get an alert that I had been near someone like that. And I said to my friend, you know, are you going to turn that on? And he was like, no, no way. Like what? Well, I don't want to be tracked. I said carrying a cell phone in your pocket and you don't want to be tracked reconcile these things for me would you yeah like you're it's the way of what it does uh, yeah it's 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 a it's it's a powerful instrument that is with you all the time you're on it um we have a 12 year old daughter and we're just getting into that phase where she's got her first phone yeah yeah she's on it all the time all the time yeah (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, her response, because my wife and I, she works for her family business. They've been around for like 117 years. And oh, I cool. have my my own business. She's like, well, you guys are on it all the time. And I'm like, okay, yeah. well, we're not talking to friends. We're actually doing <laughs> like some work and, you know, doing the important stuff, like checking sports scores and things yeah, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Well, and that's a, that's a, there's an on-ramp that's a, that's part of the decision as a parent. It's got to be even tougher now. My, my sons are older than that, but that's sort of what amount of, what amount of connectivity, how many devices, how much time on them. Um, and the line's going to keep shifting back. I mean, I hear of elementary school kids with smartphones in their pockets. It's like, it's not actually that surprising yeah. to hear now. Um, I was glad when mine were in high school that I could go, uh, okay. Yeah. He's still at school. Fine with that. (laughs) I'm driving him crazy, but I like being able to know, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's finding a balance. It's absolutely important. Again, I'm sort of, you know, our 12 year old is the oldest, so we're just starting to get into this. Yeah. But behind them, I have a 10 year old and then I have a six year old. Six year old. Yeah. So I can't even imagine what it's going to be in six years when my youngest is, you know, in the sixth grade. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's scary but you know that's that's the way the world is going um there's parts of my job that i absolutely love because they think you know like oh digital marketing they think it's like the coolest thing ever yeah um but you know it's 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 finding balance i think that's a really good word that you used it's it's striking a balance and and having an understanding and i think it's applicable for for us with the agency with our clients like sure oh yeah absolutely how, how do you know we would never cross that ethical line but it's like all this stuff and 
it's amazing when you see the face of somebody who's been primarily in like the traditional world and is making the jump for the first time into the digital world. And they're like, we can know this and we have that. And like, how did you, you know, we joke with some of our clients that we signed. We're like, we knew you were going to call. They're like, how'd you know we were going to call? I was like, cause I'm tracking every single movement. This is what we do. You, yeah. Like yeah. I'm literally tracking you page by page through the website. Yeah. And when yeah. you show them that the first time they're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, it is it is cool. And it, I mean, it, it is a stuff works and it's not going to go away. Although we are, I mean, at the moment you and I are talking here, we're at a, 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 a turning of a corner with uh, Apple turning off the IDFA and, and starting to ask for app permissions. And that's more complicated than it looks, but that's a simple version of it. And mm-hmm. then third party cookies in theory starting to disappear like that, that the, the wild west of tracking everything. Uh, we're starting to put up some barbed wire. And we're starting to put up some, you know, some laws and regs and things like that. And I think we need to keep asking the questions and doing that deliberately instead of ignoring it. A hundred percent agree, especially yeah. with, with two young daughters. I think it's, absolutely, yeah. you know, it's, it's super important. Um, on the other side of it, it's where, you know, it's like with everything, I don't know. I always come back to it and I, it sounds cliche, but it's like everything needs a happy medium. Yeah. You know, it's like the pendulum swings way too far one way, then you have to bring it back and you have to find out where it is. Then it gets like way too far the other way. And so finding that happy medium, I, I think, is a good way of, of putting it. And, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. And we'll, 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 we'll figure out how to make it go as well. Cause we're talking about such a profound and large scale set of changes. We're not going to get it right right off the bat. We'll start legislating and we'll go, whoop, that was too far. That's too much. There were some, I have to say, we made some relatively good decisions, I think, in in the 90s. The um, the DMCA, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, uh, mm-hmm. gave us latitude to let this thing grow because we didn't know what it was going to be. And, you know, in rear view mirror, the 26 words in Section 230 looked, looked just brilliant. It was probably a throwaway at the time almost. Yep. Um, and now we're going, all right, do we need to change that, pull it in a little bit? Well, let's keep talking about it and figure it out, right? We make the rules for ourselves collectively. That's yep. the process, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a living, breathing thing. And, yeah, you know, yeah, it's similar yeah. to it's similar to the marketing that we do. You know, are, are we going to bat a thousand on every, you know, on yeah. every campaign we do? No. But, yeah. the, but the beauty of it is that we can fail fast and we can learn quick yeah. and we can apply that learning to doubling down on the things that are working and pulling, you know, things away from the things that don't. Yeah. The, the, the cycle time of marketing must be just insanely faster than it was, you know, when you started your agency, oh, yeah. like oh, yeah. boom, 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 boom. And, and, and the level of informedness, right. The level of data driven decision-making is just a completely different ballgame. And media was a statistics game pre-digital, you know, Nielsen households and whatnot. It's like, uh, okay, probably this, we don't know for sure. And now you're you're tracking my picks, you know, you're tracking me on the website and you're going to call. Yeah. You're, um, you know, back in my, you're good taking me back to my old agency days with, with Nielsen numbers, but it was the household universe and then demographic within those demographic, you know, um, you know, numbers and things like that. But yeah, now it's, I mean, our strategy director on Facebook and Instagram, I mean, the level of 
targeting that he could put in is wow. is, is scary. Yeah, yeah, scary. it's it's really it's scary, but it's also incredibly efficient, right? It's like oh, it's, we shouldn't spend your ad money on you know your your ad money for you know outdoor gear on people who don't do that. Like that would be dumb. So if we can avoid it, we will. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a big part of it's a big part of our pitch. I mean, it's a big part of why why we've been successful. It's yeah. a, it's 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 a big part of the value that we bring to the table. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have an agency and and they're not bringing that sort of uh, level of expertise to the table, yeah. Um, you know, might want to re- rethink what you're doing because <laughs> what they're doing. We're not we're not the biggest agency, and again, we can we can bring a level of of pretty granular information yeah. to our clients that really makes it useful. Have have you had in 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 growing the digital side of the practice uh, in the last you know X number of years? Um, have you had to increase the sort of science and quant uh, skill set or personnel set a bunch? Because I mean, you're talking about math and data at a pretty big scale when you're doing marketing. No, no, it's it, no. Uh, what we've done is really brought in good humans mm-hmm. that understand people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, marketing is, they call it, you know, it's the perfect balance of art and science. Yeah. yeah. The science that we bring to the table, we're doing so with software that we use that is doing yeah. a lot of the heavy lifting for us. Yeah. And what I think the beauty of at least good marketing is, is taking that data and bringing it to life. Mm-hmm. So, you need to have a really good team of people that are good human beings that understand the human persona Mm -hmm. to take that data and bring it to life. I think that's where like the art and the science meet and it becomes beautiful music. Yeah. Yeah. Nicely, nice, nicely put. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're right about the tools and that's a, you can hire a heck of a lot of brain power these days in the form of software. Yes. It's like, it's, it's made us, it's what has made us extremely efficient and, um, and has kept our head count down. I mean, the the level of overhead is significantly less because of what you can do because of the tool. Our team is so dangerous. Yeah. Uh, You know, with four people, um, they're, they're able to do now what probably 20 years ago would have taken like 50 people to do. Yeah. You're right. Right. And, and with an even higher level of precision and an even faster cycle time mm-hmm. than, you know, than the 50 people a long time, you know, not that long ago, but a while back. Yeah. yeah interesting. Um, I, I've been, a not, I, I, I like, I, I enjoy the data and quant stuff, although I don't have the background for doing it. I'm making, you know, making it up as I go, but I'm a longtime student of uh, visual communication and visualization, and it tickles me no end to see the march of the Tableau and and similar tools of taking all the bits and bytes and ones and sixes and starting to make them patterns we can look at and find meaning in and tell stories from. Because you're not you know you're not going to get it out of the mass of the data in the raw. You you need to see it. You need to put it in front of your eyes in some way. It's taking all that info again, marketing is marketing. And that, you know, like I think people overcomplicate it. <laughs> it's really about taking data in behavior and marrying it to like a beautiful art form, mm-hmm. um, making it visually appealing and things like that. 
Yeah. And if you can, I don't care how many people you could do it with one person. If yeah. you can, if you can make that connection, mm-hmm. you're, you're touching, you'll, you'll be able to touch someone's soul. Yeah. And that can, that's the word right there. Connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. It's like, and we'll, we're, we're putting it in words or we're putting it in, in, in images or the combination of those things. But what we're really trying to do is, you know, fire that thing that says, wait a minute, you and I have something, you know, have something between us that, that, that works or is a value or, you know, we do business on the basis of that or something like that. It's, yeah. It's the, age, it's the age old question of, you know, it doesn't matter what age you're in. Yeah. Do you have what I need? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Do you have you what have I need? need? Well put. Yeah. If, yeah. If you have what I need and you're, uh, you, and I trust you, uh-huh. I'm probably going to buy from you. Yeah, yeah. I may ask some questions, but like the brands that I buy, yeah, they're very limited because I, you know, I just, that's what I like. Yeah. You know, um, they mean something to me. And they they've have earned a connection. That. Yeah. And they've, and they've earned it by either, you know, good visuals or, you know, they're useful or whatever, you know, whatever that inflection point is or was, Mm -hmm. um, that, that caught my attention. Nice. Nice. Hey, complete, complete curveball for you. You were a history major in college. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You find any, uh, one, do you find any time for continuing learning, reading history? I mean, Mm -hmm. It's all at your uh, fingertips now. And, and how's that, how's that helped you? Uh, my history, um, I went to uh, Lehigh university, mm-hmm. uh, where I transferred into Lehigh university, uh, in 2000, I'm sorry, in 90, I'm dating myself now, 97. And, um, it's a big engineering school mm-hmm. and, uh, the only way I could get through it, I'm not a math guy was, yeah. Was history. I, I always loved history. I was always in like AP history in high school. Yeah. Um, I I'm a historical type of. I, I still have you know. I don't read as much of it as I I did in college or whatever. But sure. love the history of the industry. Yeah. You know, the whole Mad Men thing and yeah. You know, love the show and just going back to like the early days and reading about it, and reading about how it was and. You know, it's it's romanticized in a way, but it's sure. you know there, there's there's a beauty to it that that you can see the evolution and sort of that what you were talking about the patterns of you know what you're seeing and what worked and what didn't and mm-hmm. what you like and what you don't like. Uh, a lot of the history part now for me has come in. Um, I was, last night I, I got a National Geographic. They had a uh, a special on pirates, and my son, who's ten years old, like loves pirates. And, uh, so we started reading about all the different pirates in, you know, the, the, you know, like Blackbeard in, in, in the Americas and pirates in Europe going all the way back to ancient, you know, yeah, ancient Greece. And it's, it's just really, um, there's still an element an entertainment element for me. Um, and it's, I'm pumped that he enjoys it too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been having him like read a section of the national geographic about like, you know, pirates of the Caribbean and like, and then like read it back to me and tell me what it's about. And like, I'm learning things that I didn't know that, you know, I, I, I didn't do pirates or anything when I did my, my senior thesis, I didn't study that stuff, but it's history tells us a lot about the future. And so there's always something that ties us with that fabric. So, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I enjoy it still. Yeah. And the, and the, 
you know, the 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 madmen who were figuring out how the the new landscape of you know, primarily television as a as the media change at that point. Like it's not like there's a rule book. They were figuring it out in and some of them very, very ingeniously. And and we're trying to do that in in this, you know, fractured landscape of the digital in the same way. It's like it's it it's not it's not cut and dry. There's a lot of creativity and improvisation and mistake making to say, how can we how can we make this work on, you know, do this on Instagram or via Facebook or what whatever. Like it uh it it takes some some pioneering work, mm-hmm. especially when the media is very, very new and very raw to do that. My uh, my son's back of you know sort of early teen years or something like that. I remember they they stumbled across a Windows game called Sid Meier's Pirates, mm-hmm. and they still talk about it now over a decade later. One, how good it was, even though it's relatively crude and it's not gaming in the way gaming is you know meant today. <laughs> They're like it was great. It was fun to play. They say I know more about Caribbean geography than anybody from playing that game. You might see if there's a uh, see if there's a place that's got that available to your son because they just they they really got glued to it and they still talk about it a decade later. It's it's those things that I think an important part about what you said. You know, very simply, um, without failure, there is no progress, and I, I think that's a big part of what our industry is about as frustrating as it is sometimes and as you know unnerving as it could be when you can't seem to find the answer yeah um unpredictable that's that's where progress happens yeah Um, and we've seen it countless times over the last 14 years and you get a little smarter as you go along well are you game to do a speed round before we wrapped up i guarantee it won't hurt sure (laughs) okay always up for a speed round always up for a speed round so Dogs, cats, both or neither? Uh, dogs, because I'm allergic to cats. Okay, there you go. Uh, name a favorite place. The place I'm going to tomorrow. Uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Uh, beautiful. The people are amazing. Um, been there a bunch of times. The food is fantastic. It's yeah. just, it's very... Um, old world meets kind of new world yeah it's not it's not glamorous but it's just really nice and the people are awesome and it's our you know my wife and i it's our happy place it's your happy place oh that's fantastic that you're going there um okay last speed round question favorite or current favorite book or author Ooh, uh i actually just got done with matthew matthew mcconaughey's book uh, oh yeah green lights yeah um it's kind of like a him telling the story of basically from dazed and confused when he like got his first shot in acting yeah. all the way to now and all the, you know, and like his parents and growing up in Texas and it's a really awesome book. I, oh, good. I recommend it. And I'm not a, I, I'm not a, like a reader per se. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy reading, but like, I don't do it all the time. I don't do it as much as I used to, Yeah. but green, green lights by Matthew McConaughey was fantastic. Excellent. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the recommendation. the The kids' bedroom in Dazed and Confused is actually the bedroom of a buddy of mine from Austin. He didn't tell me that until like thirty years later. Oh yeah, you remember that bedroom in Dazed and Confused? That was mine. They were lo- scouting locations, and I was like, "What? <laughs> they used really? Yeah, really, really." That's one yeah. of my like. That was that movie. 
came out in, I think, 95. Yeah. That was my senior year of high school. And I was born, it was, it took place in 77, the year yeah. I was born. <laughs> and um, there's just so many parallels. It's like, yeah. I still, like tomorrow when I get on the plane, that's yeah. like my go-to every time go-to. I get on a plane. Fired up. Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love great. it. Yeah, yeah, McConaughey was a student. I was in grad school at, at UT Austin and he was a student there. I think at roughly the same time. I mean, didn't, didn't over, overlap with him or anything, but um, he wasn't well, he wasn't, uh, wasn't super well-known or famous, uh, you know, as a college student, his sort of career took off. I, I like, I like the career arc he's had. He's become really thoughtful about why he does what he does. And I'm going to guess that's, that's in the book as well. Like if, if that's what you dig about McConaughey, yeah. get the book and read it. Cause it's, it's very, um, it's very raw. It's yeah. like uh, he goes into detail about where he was, how he did things, yeah. why they happened, you know, is not, uh, was definitely not like apologetic about like the line from, you know, all right. Like he came up with all right, all right, all right. Like, that yeah. was his signature line. And it literally just, he, he put himself like in the role and like, that's what came out. And he was like, that's the iconic line that I built my career on. Right. And you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of times in the parallel that I'll, I'll leave you with here is that like, there's a lot of times you try to plan. And I tell this to young people that like I mentor, there's like, you try to plan for everything. And as you get older, you just realize that some things you can't. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen, right? Yeah, some things are just kind of, you got you to gotta be able to roll with what's going on around you. It's not easy. Yeah. Uh, I am, you know, I am not that person. I am type A when it comes to that kind of stuff. I, yeah. I like to be in control of my environment. Yeah. Um, but I've learned over time that, you know, there are things I can control and I do my best that I can to, to provide what I can, but there's some parts of it that are, you know, only the big man knows. Right. So I, I, I go along with it. So I, I got to tell you, my favorite thing about this conversation is, well, one, my favorite thing is actually hearing everything you say about your company. Like it's clearly close to your heart. And that's, mm-hmm. that is just like, that's a treasure to, 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 to learn about and to experience firsthand. And the fact that we didn't talk about email and email marketing, eh, so what, <laughs> right? It's just a tool, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if you want to, I'm certainly, you know, yeah. we, we do, we do it enough, but you probably do it enough. The, the bigger, I don't, I don't know. Like I just, as I've done these over the last, you know, 15 months, I've yeah. done a bunch of them and, and the story there's so much intrigue and and knowledge that has come to light just from people reaching out to me being like, dude, your story is crazy. Like yeah. how, why did you do that? Yeah. Like I was just like, I had a really awesome wife who, you know, was behind me. Mm-hmm. Um, so from like a methodical standpoint, I was able to do it, but you have to, you have to try, like it goes yeah. back to failing. Yeah, like, there, was, there was always a, people were like, Oh, weren't you afraid of failing? No. <laughs> what? Like what, what? It's like, I tell people, what's the worst somebody can say to you? No. Yeah. 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 Okay. What's the worst thing could happen? And, and the hard time, the hard times and the things that don't work tend to be the best teachers. Absolutely. Yeah. And trust me, there were days where like, I want to bury my head in the sand. Yeah. But, 
you know, you, you come back, it's like golf. I don't know if you play golf, but you get that one shot every round, you know, round where just you're like, one, just, yeah. it, it's like the mafia it keeps dragging you back in. Like you just can't get out. It's like that, it, like that one shot, you might've shot like 140, but that one shot, you like hit it clean and you, yeah. you know, yeah. you, you, you put it on the green from like 180 yards out and you're yeah. like, all right, this is why I got to come back. Now. Right, right. If I if I can do it once, my brain says you could you could do that. <laughs> yeah, you can do it again. Yep. Yeah. Well, what a pleasure. Uh, Darren McGarrow, founder and president at DSM. Darren, I hope you have a fantastic uh, time in Mexico with your wife. And I, and I really, really did enjoy speaking with you. Thanks for making the time. Thanks a lot, Matthew. It was great. Great being on with you. I appreciate it. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to The Future of Email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it and, of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash future of email or Follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.